Welcome to Empower to Recover, the podcast for individuals in addiction recovery who are looking to make a positive impact in the world. We know that recovery isn't about overcoming addiction. It's about discovering your purpose, finding meaning in life, and making a difference in your community. This podcast is for anyone who's been touched by addiction and wants to create a positive change. Welcome back to the Empower to Recover podcast. My name is Jay Barnard, also known as Chef Recovery, and that is the uh, great and talented Sober Viz Babe over there, Brooke. (laughs) Today we have uh, an amazing individual that I met, boy, a couple years ago, I guess, eh? because that's when I met you for the first time, too, is when we met TJ, because we were going to uh, Seashell, BC, to, uh, there was uh, some kind of a DJ event going on or something like that, and that's where we all met, and I met TJ, and he's doing some phenomenal things with the uh, coastal recovery community and his... um, facility but he's also now branched out into all different sorts of ways and uh he also he also speaks for kids play so he does some phenomenal work with kids play uh not only in the bc region but also in uh calgary so he's really getting his voice out there and really uh i I believe his passion is for the youth uh with gangs violence and drugs and and tj has a really big background in that and he has uh you know his voice is great uh i loved hearing him share and open up about what he's doing and really getting to to know who TJ is. Uh, you know, he does have a heart and he really does want people to change. And he's really about the youth and, and what he's doing today with Pivot. Uh, Pivot Empowering Youth, I believe it is, right? Pivot Empowering Youth. Um, is that what it is? Did I say that right? Pivot Empowering Recovery. Pivoting, Pivot Empowering Recovery. Uh, and, and the phenomenal things he's doing. He's putting on these little events and, and really bringing awareness to uh, to trauma, mental health, and addiction, but in the youth side of things, and uh, that's uh, you know that's commendable, and uh, that's a guy that's uh, you know really wants to help the problem and bring you know solutions forward. His talk at Empowered Recover was so moving, and you know he did you'll hear it, but he did a really powerful kind of opening that helped just put a perspective to the crisis that we're facing right now with the toxic drug crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a great speaker. He's doing a lot of amazing work with Kids Play and with his own nonprofit foundation. And they're now in Calgary, I believe, or in Alberta somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's but, he's. I think he's bouncing back and forth from, uh, but, but he does a lot of work with uh, with Calgary Kids Play. Does a lot of work with Cal, uh, sharing his story into communities and stuff like that. And he's always sharing with. Uh, with the youth so that's great and then also his beautiful mom that helps him with his with his he he also has a non-for-profit right so uh pivoting power and recovery is a non-for-profit um so his mom is really uh an amazing human being as well that uh i love to see that kind of um support from a a mother to a son and really get behind uh the dream and, and goal of of what you know they both want to accomplish in life which is really exciting to see and i think they're really doing it you know in a big way and he's really you know uh moving into what um he wants to do and then how he wants to do it and he's making change and that's what we need we need more djs out there making change we really do like uh you know there's a lot of opportunity with a lot of different uh, you know organizations that are doing all kinds of different things and there's also all these different other things in the in the world that like i like to call the alternative way to recovery and um you know tj does an alternative way to recovery through fitness through programming through mm-hmm. hiking nutrition through um <clears throat> through all that stuff and yeah actually the 
event we went to in Seashelt was put on for his treatment center he was running. That was like a very small, intimate treatment center that did mind, body, soul work. Like they, they were out every day hiking, they were exercising, moving their body, and then doing recovery work and showing up in those ways and putting on events and things, bringing the community together as well. So it was really cool what he was up to. They've moved on from that now, but um, do it just on to bigger, better things. And yeah. I'm excited to see what happens with their organization. It's it's pretty wild to just get to be a part of all these people's recovery in their lives, even if it's just for a moment, and then just watch them grow and thrive and and see what they do in the world. It's I mean that's everything we're doing, right? Yeah, and and that's just it. It's, there's so many people out there that that have such great ideas, and you know, the more help, I think we know that we need more help out in the world today. So. Anybody that has uh, an idea or anything like that that's willing to help, I mean, I would be doing it all all the time. I'm a little kind of weighed down, so I can't do any more than we're doing right now. But <laughs> Calgary, November 18th, you will see uh, at the Silver Springs Golf and Country Club, we have a whole bunch of amazing speakers. Uh, we also have an amazing young speaker. Since we're talking about youth and how TJ does help youth and the kids play help youth and all those amazing things, we do have a phenomenal person that uh, I met in Kenora at our last event, and she's going to be coming to Calgary. And when she was done the event in Kenora, I looked at her and went, street angel. And uh, that's Angel. She's 17 years old, over 15 months in recovery. And she got on stage for the first time, September 15th, that first ever recovery day, uh, and shared her story. And um, that is what that is what E2RF is starting to build. That is what E2RF is proud about. Because we asked the question, what if we could stop addiction before it starts? Mm -hmm. Hearing Street Angel share about the about her life, about the um, you know generational stuff that went on from dad being an alcoholic to grandpa being an alcoholic and so forth and the abuse and all that stuff that came through on that side of things uh, makes me really excited that um, we have that opportunity. And, and we have more speakers you're going to see brooke you're going to see brooke in calgary mm -hmm. brooke took a break and didn't come to kenora but she's going to be in calgary so brooke's going to be evolving into some new things in in calgary and we got um we got uh misty wind misty wind is a is a, is a great person that uh, did half her life in jail i can't really wait to hear her whole entire story mm -hmm. uh and then we got bonita from uh all fired up for freedom who's going to be emceeing with me um who else do we got in? Who else do we got in Calgary? We got oh Mike G, Mike G, Angel's dad's gonna be in Calgary. Uh, we also got Beatrice Love. We also got um, Bill Ward, the change maker. Bill Ward, you met Bill Ward. What do you think I about? I did. I met Bill Ward at Recovery Days in BC. Uh, he is phenomenal. Like everything he's up to, it's just it's it's really really cool to see people change their lives. Um, get out of the mess, you know, learn how to make a message out of it and be able to share that with people. And the work he's doing is so incredible. His podcast is really great as well. Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear him speak. I can't wait to just connect with everybody that's coming in and you know and what's build so cool network. about the award? It's like full circle. Mike G, Bill Ward, or like that's Mike G's sponsors, Bill Ward. That's insane. Oh, they're coming together in Calgary to speak on the same platform on the same day on November 18th, 2023 at the Silver Springs Golf and Country Club. 
with Mike's daughter, Street Angel. Like That's all are going to be underneath the same roof on the same event on the same stage talking about, you know, generational coming together through recovery, right? At our third event in our third province in our third city in under seven months. Forget about it. Forget about it. All that being um, said, uh, you can check out TJ and his nonprofit, All He's Up To It, Pivot, Empowering Recovery. And yeah. uh, we can't wait for you to hear the rest of our speakers. Um, thank you for checking out the podcast. Thank you for subscribing, for sharing this with anybody that you know that needs it. Uh, I hope you heard some previous episodes and that they have helped you in some way. And I can't wait to share more with you know, we've got some coming from Kenora, Ontario. I want to hear some of the speakers from there. I haven't even heard them, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and, that should be uh, that should be coming out uh, pretty soon. And also, you know, if you do want to get involved with us, because we are always looking for people that, uh, you know, now that we are a non-for-profit, uh, we are looking for people and we are doing things in different cities. And we'd, we'd love to... Uh, love to talk to you uh, and 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 see where you're at to see what can happen you can always send us an email at empower number two recover at gmail.com that's empower number two recover at gmail.com um and you can get involved with the amazing platform that is doing some amazing things with real people doing real things and being built by the people through stories nothing can't beat stories okay so everybody have a look at all these people okay so in bc right now that is how many people are dying every day Thank you guys, have a seat. And with this new decriminalization, we're adding to that every day. I didn't just wake up one day and decide that I wanted to be a drug addict or a gang member or you know, someone who tried to take his own life. But that's what happened through circumstances that I wasn't able to control. You know, That unhealed childhood trauma that we talk about, in my experience, all of addiction comes from that unhealed childhood trauma. And we mask it out. You know, as a child, I had a pretty good childhood up until a point where something happened. And, you know, a lot of guys don't talk about this, but it's sexual abuse. As a man, that's really hard to talk about. And, you know, especially getting in front of people and sharing that story. But the reality is that that happens a lot. And, you know, at a young age, not knowing how to deal with that, I would share that through anger, aggression, and that was my defense. But... I had the shell on the outside. Really, I was just a scared little boy inside who didn't know how to deal with the trauma that I had. So I was already set up for failure. I was set up to be an addict. I was set up to burn my life to the ground many times. And of course, that's what I did. So in high school, you know, I got bullied and that trauma flared up again. You know, physical abuse from a father, someone who I trusted. And, and it just made me really fearful. And all I knew how to do was be angry, aggressive, and that was my defense mechanisms, right? So throughout high school, you know, I'd get bullied until I started to fight back. And there was a bit of empowerment that came with that because I would fight back and, and people, you know, that used to pick on me would kind of stay away from me. And, and that would progress until I got kicked out of high school. And then that would progress until I got kicked out of my house. So at 15, I was basically homeless with no education, no income, and I had an opportunity to start growing and selling weed. And that's what I did. And then I started making money. And why would I go to school? I have a pocket full of money and time, and I can do whatever I want. Right? So I basically, in, in Sea Shelt, wherever Jay is, right? 
Um, I, I, I burned every bridge that I had. I burned bridges with my family, my community, um, and my friends, and, and I left. So I lied about my age, moved to Alberta, started working on oil rigs because that was big money, and that was something that I thought I could, I could do. And I did that for 10 years, um, but in that lifestyle comes drugs, addiction, and a bunch of men who have unhealed trauma. And I was just a little boy who got forced to grow up in a man's world. I didn't get to go to prom. I didn't get to go to the parties. I was stuck 14, 15 hour days working in minus 30 and, and plus 40 in the, winter, in the summers. And that was my life until about 2015, the recession hit and then there was no work. So again, you know, fearful of financial insecurity and everything else, what did I do? I turned back to what I knew as a kid selling drugs, right? This time, it was a little bit different. It wasn't a little bit of weed, it was bricks of cocaine and the whole lifestyle that comes with that. And that comes quick. You know, you think you're making a little bit of money here and there, next thing you know, someone's shooting up your house in a drive-by shooting. You know, seven shots a foot from where I was sleeping, right? My neighbor had a nine-year-old girl. If, if those people had missed a little bit, all of a sudden, I'm responsible for the death of children or whatever. So, so many, so many things that could have went differently, right? Um, through those poor decisions and, and, and poor connections that I made, you know, I found myself having the SWAT team kicking in my door and, and putting me in a cell and telling me, here's your charges, you're looking at 10 years in jail, right? And sitting in that cell, you know, I'm thinking, fuck, like, what is my life coming to, right? And still, that wasn't enough. And, and you know, getting stabbed and throat slit and all the whole thing, right? And then it became, how do I escape from this life? Well, the only way I knew how to escape was to use the drugs that I was selling because that was readily available and that kind of numbed out the pain, right? And so that worked for a while until, you know, as many of you know, it works until it doesn't, right? And always looking for something else, something deeper. And, you know, really I need to look inside myself because that's where the healing needs to happen. I'm the only one that can heal myself. Yes, people can help me, but it comes down to making a decision that that's what I want to do. So when the drugs didn't work and I wasn't ready to heal, I put a gun in my mouth and I pulled the trigger. And for some reason, that gun jammed that day. And I don't know why, but that was the pivotal point that it was like, okay, now I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision. That one was made for me. So what did I do? You know, like we heard Shay talk about today, I called my parents, I called my mom and told her what had happened. And all she could tell me was, get to an AA meeting. That's it, that was her words. Get to a fucking meeting. That's what my mom said. So I did, I did. And my first meeting was a men's meeting with about 70 guys. And there was a doctor, a lawyer, an oil field guy. And every single one, I heard my story. Right? I took what I needed and I left the rest and I heard my story. And that was the start of my journey in recovery. And you know, it's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. I've fallen many times, but I always get up. I always get up. And you know, over the last 10 years, I've probably lost about 30 friends to overdose. Um, you know, I'm sure we all see it on social media, rest in peace, rest in peace. People are dying, left, right and center. And um, you know, so I got sober and I started working a program and my life started to change. It didn't change overnight, but through hard work and little things, 
I saw these little miracles that would change and change. And, um, you know, I started a small business and, you know, started working for myself and making a little bit of money and having a sustainable life. And then, you know, COVID hit and four of my really close friends overdosed and died in one week. And that was like another kind of pivotal moment that it's like, I need to do something because I'm just kind of standing around and, and I have more to offer. So I sold everything that I owned and I decided I was going to open up a treatment center, small treatment center for men. I didn't know how, I knew why, um, and I just kept moving forward. And in BC, to open up a treatment center is tricky. When you want to have absence-based recovery and not harm reduction, I'm not going to sit here and get too political, but um, people are dying. And, you know, it took me a long time to fight the government, fight the town, deal with zoning, deal with landlords. And I, I opened up. I said, you know, I had to wait for a license and wait for this and wait for this red tape. And I just said, fuck it. I'm going to open. I'm going to start bringing guys through the door and we'll see what happens. And, you know, for the last two years, that's what I've been doing. And brought a lot of great guys through the program um, and helped them get their life back. But I literally had to surround myself with recovery because I have to fight for my recovery every day because I'm just one mistake or one slip up away from being back out. And if I go out today, I'm dead. I'm on the street, I'm burning my life to the ground, and I'll die, right? So the thing is, is it's possible. Recovery is possible, you know. Overcoming addiction is possible, but it takes a lot of work. And it takes events like this and people to come together and stick together and fight for what we can do. You know, a lot of these chairs that are empty that should be full, you know, maybe those are people that didn't quite make it. The downtown east side right now is the biggest open-air drug market in the world. You know, and this is our community, right? Those are our friends. Those are our brothers. Those are our parents that are down there fighting for their life every day. Like, it is literally a war zone down there, and every time it gets worse and worse and worse, right? So I'd encourage anybody to, to, to do something. You know, you don't have to change everything, but just small little steps. Write a letter, you know, make a phone call, ask someone how their day is, right? Little things like that are what we need in this world because we are literally dying, right? So I know that after this, we're gonna go have lunch. So I'm gonna keep it brief and keep it short. But one positive thought every day will change your life because it changes mine. My default setting is I'm not enough, I can't do it, and I'm not worth it. That's the voice inside my head that every morning I have to get up and say, I am worth it, I can do it, I will do it, right? And that's, that's the fight that I fight every day, right? And I'm sure a lot of us are the same, right? But to heal that unhealed trauma, little bits at a time, that's how I started to get my freedom back and that's how I got my life back because my life was so unmanageable. And today, I have a beautiful life. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I don't know what's gonna happen a week from now. It's, everything's uncertain, but I just try to trust that process because as long as I'm doing the right thing and telling myself I'm worth it, the opportunities will come. So thank everybody for being here. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you soon.